those moments of delivering something, an experience through food, joy through food. That's what uh, pushes me, you know, to wake up in the morning and being happy to, to what, 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 what I do. This is the Deep in the Weeds podcast. I'm Anthony Huckstep. On the surface, Japanese and Italian cuisine may seem poles apart. But for those that have travelled to either, there are strong links to a dedication to simplicity, attention to detail, and in the use of ingredients. There are many Japanese chefs that have turned their hand to Italian cooking, and here in Australia, chefs of Italian heritage have lent on the nuances of Japanese cooking. Federico Zanilato is the chef and owner of Lumi Dining, Load Pastries, co-owner of Restaurant Leo, and L by Federico and Carl. Federico, how are you? I'm very well, thank you, Anthony. It's great to have you on the show. You're a very, very busy man. You've, you've uh, opened so many businesses in the last couple of years. Yeah. Um, what's life like at the moment? Uh, it's it's uh, quite intense and very very busy, but it's uh, I, I'm 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 very very happy and uh, very um, looking forward to what the future will bring. It's uh, it's very very exciting time for us. You're doing many things at the moment, but you really sort of came to light with Lumi Dining, where you um, delivered a very contemporary Italian offering, leaning on some Japanese. Um, nuances as well. Tell us a bit about that. Uh, so Lumi, it's um, uh, an, a project and an idea that started, you know, um, eight years ago now. And um, I wanted I wanted to uh, showcase uh, and and bring to the public something that it was my basically my life experience before opening the restaurant. So all the all the work experience that I've done, you know, in the past, and show my 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 heritage and my um, and and all the all the work that I've done throughout the years, and it's based in a, and I wanted to do it with uh, in a different in a different way, showcasing you know all the best that this country has to offer, offer in terms of product, uh, applying all the different all the different technique and all the skills that I've learned throughout the years throughout my career. And it, it just happened. I wanted to do something that it was, you know, uh, uh, a bit more unique rather than doing a, a classic Italian cuisine. Uh, and you know, I, I always wanted, I always had that uh, the dream of combining combining the two different culture of uh, of uh, Japan and and Italy, which um, somehow are very similar. Yeah. For the, for many different aspects, you know. And, uh, and 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 that was Lumi. That's how we started. Well, you made an incredible impact and delivered something very unique to dining in Sydney. Tell, tell us about you know, some of the dishes or techniques that do cross over that you presented at Lumi between uh, Japan and Italy. Look, I think uh, I think the the approach or to the to the ingredients that uh, uh, both both cuisine have are very similar. Uh, somehow they 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 both you know they're both very seasonal first of all uh there is very very uh, low um manipulation of the ingredients so both both cuisine really highlight highlight the uh the 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 quality of the ingredients uh most of the time there's only two maximum three ingredients on a dish 
um and and there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of uh, uh umami on 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 both cuisine for from from different you know from different different way of uh, um aging fermenting the ingredients such as you know uh so in italy we have for example uh, parmesan that which is rich in umami and it's 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 very popular in the cuisine. We use it uh, across many, many dishes, and it brings a lot of uh, depth and umami in the dishes. Uh, tomato, porcini, uh, all, all different ingredients that are fully umami, uh, similar to what the Japanese cuisine have uh, with uh, katsubushi, kombu, uh, and, all, and all the ferments that they do with, uh, with other ingredients such as uh, uh, natto and other stuff. I want to explore all the things that you've, you have created because there's so many different um, businesses that you have now and offerings to the market. But take us back to Italy and when you were young, where, where did you grow up and, and what sort of role did food play for you? So I was born, uh, I was born in uh, Padova, which is a, um, a small town in the Veneto region, uh, right in the middle between uh, Venice and, and Verona. And not, unfortunately, not many people, not many people know it uh, over here. Um, I was born, I was born in a family where, you know, um, food wasn't, food wasn't, uh, unfortunately, the main, um, how can I say, the main, uh, um, the, the, the main thing, because I come from a family of, uh, of tailors. Uh, but there was uh, my 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 both my uh, grandparents were uh, um, were uh, um, how can I say were uh, uh, creating some uh, kind of uh, get together with all the family and and and, and it was all, there was always food involved on any special occasion such as birthday uh, Christmas uh, Easter's where all the families used to get together and my grandmother and grandfather used to put up a cooking show for everyone that's probably when that that, that was probably you know my my first experience with food because my my parents were both very busy with their uh, with their business with their careers and we, we my, my my mother unfortunately wasn't a great she's a not, not a great cook um and and uh, my my both my grandparents you know they 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 put a lot of effort and a lot of time in making sure that we always had you know a delicious meal when when all the family got together and it was always it was always something really special for me can you share any sort of feasts or dishes from the region that you're from or even from your grandparents that you remember yeah yeah look uh what what um where I come from is a uh, look. It's it's uh, the, the 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 region where I come from is very famous for you know, um, bacala bacala mantecato. So the old Veneto region uh, uh, start trading uh, uh, with um, with the Scandinavian country back in the 15th century, and they used to exchange different goods. And we used to get a lot of uh, uh, dry stockfish from uh, from Norway. Because uh, it was easy, you know, easy to transport all the way through Europe. Because it was a, basically a dry, dry fish where they where they hang it, they hang it over the winter, and then and then they would transport it throughout through Europe and bring it to Ven- to the Veneto region. And there's a lot of preparation with the bacala. So in 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 Vicenza, it's basically cooked with uh, milk, anchovies, uh, parmesan, onion. Whereas in Venice, is is it's it's first uh, first soaked and then boiled and then whipped with uh, with a lot of oil and serve on a on a crostino on a bruschetta 
um I, I remember you know um when when i was still little we used to make uh we used to make bigoli uh growing up so my grandfather and grandfather would sit on a on a bench where they have a um a bronze extruder in the middle and and you push the pasta through the extruder manually so basically you, you, there's a there's it's it's a it's called bigolaro and it's um it's a very very popular way of um, making pasta in the veneto region you will serve it with uh, uh sardine sour most of the time which is you know preparation that you do with uh, with sardine where you preserve them with uh, with vinegar and oil and onion uh, there's there's a lot of a lot of dishes you know my 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 grandmother always used, always used to cook uh, lasagna which is a classic all the grandmothers will do, you know, in uh, on special occasion like Christmas and and uh, and Easter. Uh, um, she was she was a great cook. Bo- both of them, you know, um, gnocchi. I grew up eating gnocchi, tortellini, lasagna, all those sort of stuff that uh, are very popular in, in in Christmas time. I remember my my mother used to do all the all the different cuts of boiled meat. So we would have. Uh, uh, a hen, uh, the tongue, different muscles of the cow, uh, the some of the intestine, uh, and and it was it was a beautiful feast, you know, with all my cousins, uncles, and father, my mother, my brother, and everyone. We would sit at the table and spend the whole day. Uh, I, I remember, you know, my my grandfather. They would spend the whole day. They would go through lunch t- till dinner without without leaving the table, you know. We will go. We will go and play with all my cousins in the afternoon, and then come back at the table. My, all my parents would would still be at the table, you know, eating and drinking, play card, playing cards, you know. That, that those are you know the, the the great memory, the great memory that I have about you know, getting together with the family and 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 cook amazing food, which unfortunately we we can't do it anymore here. What lured you to a career as a chef? Look, if, if I gotta be honest, Anthony, it, it's it's um, um, cut basically hospitality school was probably uh, the the easiest option for me, uh, and and it was a school where I didn't have to you know uh, be great at uh, uh, studying and uh, and all. I was I was I was really bad at school, math and everything. So the the, the teachers have suggested me to go to uh, hospitality because it was a quite easy a, a easy school to um, to get a diploma and that's how it basically started i had basically no no passion for food back then uh, other than other than sorry sorry other than you know other than then uh, as i told as i said you know spending time with my grandparents with my family but i had I had no interest i had no interest in food back then so I've 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 started the school and for me it was just uh, uh, it was just uh, something that I wasn't very passionate at but I had to get I had to get a diploma because you know my my parents my parents were forcing me to get to go, to to continue to study but I had I had no interest whatsoever back then take us back to the first couple of years working in a commercial kitchen do you have any stories of that time and and what you took from it yeah so when, as soon as i finished um as soon as i finished school i i moved to london 
and uh, I was basically a team when I moved to London, and it was a uh, it was a very <laughs> a very tough and harsh uh, uh, kind of environment reality that I that I that I came across. It was very very difficult. I was an experienced. I was I was in. Uh, uh, particularly uh, experience in the kitchen, and it was very, very tough at the beginning. Um, you know, the, the environment the environment in those kitchens back then, you know, I moved to London when I was uh, 18 in 1998. The, the environment in, in the kitchens, in any sort of kitchen, you know, was quite uh, different from what it is at the moment. Um, it, it was it was uh, quite harsh. I've, I got a job at the uh, Ritz Hotel, and then I've, I've 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 worked in some other Italian restaurant, which were you know quite high end restaurant, and it, it was it was it was quite tough. After after four years that I spent in London, that I was I was you know I was. Um, Kind of uh, not not fit it in because I I realized you know that it was it was uh, it was it was very alienating back then. Uh, and chefs chefs were quite uh, angry and uh, it, it wasn't a very pleasant environment to work in a kitchen back then. So after four years with a friend of mine, we decided to to leave London and we start traveling in Southeast Asia, Asia, and then we ended up here. We ended up here in Australia in 2002, um, and I spent and I spent uh, nearly three years in, in from 2002 until 2005, and I've I've basically I've basically tried uh, to get a job at, at every single fine dining restaurant here in Sydney, but I've I, I had no chance to get a job. I went to uh, Rockpool. When it was still well back then, when I came here, Anthony, there was no working holiday, so they had to employ me legally, basically, because I, I came with a tourist visa. Because uh, um, Italians back then were not allowed to apply for a working holiday back in 2002, so I went to knock at the door. I went to knock at the door at every single fine dining restaurant in the city. I went to Rockpool. I went to Tetsui. I went to Est. I went to Market, and I was happy to work for free, but no one hired me. No one. So, uh, and I ended up, uh, I ended up in Leichhardt, where I met, uh, where I've met Alessandro, and I spent, I spent, when well, I spent Alessandro Pavoni, and I spent nearly three years here. Um, and I, to be honest, I, I, I enjoy, I enjoy my time here in Australia, but I kind of lost uh, um, the goal. Uh, I was happy with the work, but I, I knew I knew that I wasn't gaining a lot of uh, uh, a lot of uh, skill in fine dining back then, and I decided to move back to Europe. Uh, I met, uh, when I moved back to Europe, uh, I I've met my future wife, uh, and and I was still a bit lost. I I, I was uh, thinking to leave uh, to leave the kitchen to leave the um, chef job because I wasn't I wasn't. I wasn't very focused. I, wasn't, I didn't have, I wasn't, my mind wasn't very clear. So I've started a course of photography back, back in Rome for a few months. And then my wife, told me, my wife, I think she, she pushed me, she pushed me to, you know, to what was, to what was becoming my passion uh, kitchen. Because b b back then I, I knew, I knew I liked the job, but I think I never had, I never had, um, 
the right the right uh, um, the right people and the right uh, people to direct me to direct me and and uh, and pushing and pushing me to do to achieve something something a bit more special. So I've applied for uh, to work in a three Michelin star restaurant in Rome. Back then it was uh, it was uh, Heinz Beck alla Pergola, and I I got the job. I I went to work for free for six months as a stache, and then uh, I ended up getting a job there, and I spent uh, more than three years in Rome in a um, um, in a La Pergola restaurant, and that. That basically put me back in uh, in uh, in a different uh, um, mindset um, where I when I really realized you know that uh, this was my career that I had I had to push hard I had to push hard to achieve to achieve great result and and it basically I my I, I focused again on on achieving. And learning and 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 improving improving my my skills in cooking, and from then you know I've I've I really pushed harder, and um, I've started you know I've started uh, to study to learn. I, I became I became curious. I became passionate about cooking. I I've I've moved to Japan. I went to Japan and and I spent nearly a year in Japan. Working, working as a stagiaire again in some of the best restaurants in Tokyo, and and uh, and and then you know I I got back into into that uh, um, mindset that I was a, a bit lost back in those years uh, when when I was uh, traveling, but I I don't regret anything that I've done. You know, it it, it it's it was part of a uh, part of my life. Um, and um you know i it's it's uh, I, I think you got you need to get uh, a, a little bit lost and try a few things before you find before you find what you really what you really meant to do in life and that's what i think that's what happened what brought you back to australia look uh, we I, I took my wife here we came with my wife here in uh, uh in 2008 when uh, when la pergola was closed for a whole month in january we we came for a month on holiday and and that was the the first time that my wife visited australia and she fell in love she fell in love and we and and you know for the for the next two years we were uh, thinking and planning to move uh, to move over here because um, the 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 political and the economical situation in Italy was a bit uh, a bit unstable, and uh, um, Alessandro was opening uh, Ormeggio back then in 2010, while I was while I was still in Japan, and uh, and we started you know we started chatting and say ah oh, why don't you move back in Australia you know I've got a, a restaurant starting and I need I need a, I need a strong chef to help me. To run the restaurant and and that's how it started. Uh, so we, we 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 went back to Italy. We 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 plan we plan to move back to Australia in 2010. And uh, we arrived here in 2010 after three after three months of major was open. Unfortunately, when I arrived here, Alessandro had uh, had uh, an heart attack. And uh, he had to leave the kitchen. I came here. There was basically no one in the kitchen. I had to run the kitchen, you know, 
by myself at the, at the beginning because Alessandro was in hospital um, and uh, it, it, it wasn't it wasn't easy you know I, you know I knew I knew a bit I knew a bit a, a bit about the about the 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 whole um, the the products here because I, I was here in 2002 for a couple of years but it, it was a long time ago and I wasn't very familiar so it took me it took me a while you know to get into the rhythm and understanding uh, suppliers understanding uh, the season again and and all the produce so but that was that was a it was it was um, very great time back then with Alessandro when Alessandro got back you know we we start planning, we start working on the menu, we start working on, on, on produce, on the team. And it was a beautiful, beautiful uh, moment of my, of my career back then. We, I spent four years at Major and, and we, had, we have achieved, you know, great, uh, great, great results together. It's, it's a beautiful part of my life. Do you have any stories of the connections that you made with Alessandro and what it was like working with him? Oh, <laughs> a lot of beautiful stories, yeah. Look, uh, um, we first we first met uh, uh, in two thousand two, when when you know uh, uh, Leicard was the place to go for for the Italians, and uh, b- back then you know we, we, Alessandro was trying you know to to offer a different type of cuisine, which was not very very popular in 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 Leicard. He, he was trying to do something a bit more modern. A bit more, uh, uh, a bit more innovative, a bit more fresh, and it was very, very difficult back then in Leicard, and it was very frustrating. You know, we were we were trying to push out. We had a great team of Italian chefs that they were all coming for in, from from great restaurant overseas, but it, the the public, I think, wasn't wasn't. Uh, the general public wasn't wasn't ready back then, especially in Leicard, you know, where it was all uh, where it was all first or second generation Italian. They wanted something a bit more uh, uh, traditional and classic. But it still it was still very successful. But you know, we were also we were also trying to enjoy ourselves back then. So we were going we were going early morning early morning like we used to wake up super early five thirty in the morning. We used to go for a surf together, drive all the way. Up and down the coast, you know, uh, up in the northern beaches, to find the best waves. It, it was very different, you know, uh, back then. And then jumping back in the kitchen at 9 a.m. It was something quite, quite unique, and especially for me coming from London, where you I used to get in in the still dark in the morning and leaving the kitchen at night time, and it was still dark, and I would never see the sun, the sunlight for the whole for the whole week. It was something quite. Quite, quite different, you know. Waking up early in the morning, going for a surf, and you, you would jump in in the kitchen with a different, with a different energy, different, different mindset. It was, it was beautiful. Uh, then when I came back, when I came back at Ormejo, it was a, a bit more tricky because you know Alessandro was starting to recover, and we were, and we really wanted to focus to take to the, to take the restaurant to another level. So we were really working, working hard every day. The surf was a bit more sporadic. We were still going every now and then, but we were really, both of us were really focused on 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 pushing the restaurant, you know, to another level. So we spent days. We were basically at the beginning. I was living with Alessandro for the first year and a half, and our day off was just spent on books, 
reading, researching, what do we do, test, trials, uh, trial at home, cooking, going to the restaurant, doing testing every single day, nonstop, nonstop. We were just, you know, trying to push and, 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 and take the restaurant to, uh, to another level. These days you've teamed up with another incredible influential chef, Carl Furler, uh, with two venues. Tell us about that relationship and how this came about with Restaurant Leo and then El. Yeah, look, um, um, I've I've met Carla um, probably I would say five six years ago. Um, uh, I've met him because uh, he was a customer of uh, on Lumi, and I was a customer of of uh, of Oscillate uh, Wildly back then. We were both going to each other restaurant, and we had um, uh, huge respect for the, for for uh, for. What I think for both what both of us were doing, um, and it was um, it was uh, we, we always we've always you know kept in touch and and discuss about you know uh, the industry uh, discuss about uh, produce uh, technique and we always kept in touch throughout the years, and when when the opportunity came with Leo, uh, Carl was already was already closing was already closing Oscillator. And I've approached him and I say, look, Carl, we have uh, we have this opportunity in the city to do something uh, uh, something together, something a little bit different. And uh, the first uh, idea that we had uh, with Leo was uh, was quite different uh, from what it is now. Unfortunately, um, the restaurant was meant to open uh, uh, two weeks before before uh, the pandemic, before the lockdown. So basically, uh, all 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 the plan, all the plan that we had, uh, all the renovation ideas that we had in, in, in plan to do for the restaurant, the branding and everything was basically was basically compromised due to the to the three months of uh, lockdown that we went through on the first on the first lockdown, and we had to reopen. We had to reopen uh, with a different, unfortunately, with a different budget, with a different uh, concept. Which wasn't ideal. It was it was tough. It was hard, um, but we've managed to reopen, and uh, we went through a very uh, a very tough year in the city, as you know. For the in, in between the two lockdown, uh, the city has never never came back came back to what it was uh, before. So it was a quite uh, bumpy, tough, um, very challenging year for both of us. Uh, opening a restaurant, you know, in in between in between the two lockdown wasn't it wasn't ideal, but we made it. We we stick to it and uh, and uh, uh, we made it work. Uh, it, it's it, it is still it is still tough, but you know, both of us both of both of us believe in what we're doing and, and won't give up. You know, um, to to the, to the first to the first issue, the first problem we have. You know, in in, in the meantime. While we were opening, while we were opening Leo, I had uh, I had issue with my business partner Alumi, and uh, we had to go into a dispute that lasted uh, that lasted uh, nearly two years. I had to I bought I bought out my my business partner Alumi, 
And at the same time, we were trying, you know, to set up uh, Leo and open and open Leo and try to make it successful. So it was it was a quite challenging couple of years for 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 both of us, but especially for for myself and and the family and Lumi, because you know going through going through all those issues uh, with the business partners, lawyers, and it's 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 not easy. It had you know it had a big impact, you know, on. On, on on myself on my family on on my mental health but you know we, we, we stay we, we stick together we stay strong and we went through and and you know when when we had the when we had the um, opportunity to do something with the start we we, we, we were initially a, a bit skeptical in going into the uh, the Mamofuku site because you know it's it's it's, it's never easy Anthony to um, to um, how, how can I say it? It, it was big big shoes to fill. It's never easy to take a, a um, take over a venue that has been so successful and so worldwide recognized. You know, there's you know always a lot of pressure and a lot of um, uh, expectation from customers. You know. But you know, at the same time, that was the past, you know, and then we we, we got to look at the present and the future. And I think what we're very proud what we did uh, uh, hell so far, and and we're very looking forward, you know, to the to the collaboration with the staff. Well, tell us about what you're doing with that restaurant. What 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 is the offering, and how is it different to some of the other things that you do? Look, what what. Um, what both Carl and I wanted to do help was, uh, well, f- first of all, you know, um, make sure the people that enter that space, they, they, they feel like they are stepping in, into a different, diff- different space. And it was uh, uh, very tricky for us to deliver that because, you know, the, the, the layout of the venue is quite, uh, um, is quite uh, tricky. Um, so we came up, we came up with uh, with this idea of uh, having three different three different areas where people can uh, move around the venue and, and and enjoy three different spaces. Because you know what, the whole Momofuku, you either you either had uh, dinner at the counter or at the table, and they were both two different two different uh, kind of uh, experiences. So the, everyone wanted to sit obviously at the counter. And and for me, the, the the people dining at the table were kind of uh, missing out. So what we decide with Carl, we say, well, how do we get uh, um, guests to enjoy the whole venue, the whole experience? So we decide, you know, to move people around, starting at the bar, then moving them uh, on the main dining area, and then finish at the counter. So where, you know, where every single guest. Get a taste of all the different all the different spaces. The main dining area we decided, you know, to enclose it and make it a little bit more um, cozy. And we have we have projection going on on the main dining area, which are somehow somehow related to the to the to the products and to the dishes that we that we serve to the guests. Um, in terms in terms of uh, in terms of uh, uh, the cuisine, both Carl and I wanted to um, um, highlight all all the products that this country has to offer, and all the all the producer, grower, and and fishermen that we've been you know that we've been collaborating over the over the years. 
Um, so it's basically, it's basically, I don't know, you can probably call it uh, just Australian cuisine. Um, more than maybe Australian, but you know, more than Australian, it's it's very vague and, and included a bit of everything. We, we just want to basically focus on on uh, on uh, the best that this country has to offer, and uh, we, we we apply all the, the technique and all the skill and all the knowledge that we have accumulated over the years. It's simple. You've built an incredible um, array of offerings here in Australia since you've, since you've got here. Um, what, what do you love about what you do? Um, well, look, um, food has become, you know, has become my, my life, basically, my, my, my passion. Um, I, dream, I dream about food. I live for food. I, I, it's it's um, what really, what really uh, um, how, how can I say, what really um, gives me joy it's uh, it's seeing people it's seeing people sitting down in the restaurant and having good time and enjoy it and enjoy that time out of the busy life uh it's delivering is delivering uh, um joy is delivering uh, uh those moments of uh, of uh, of um of uh, how can i say it's those moments of delivering something an experience through food, joy through food. Um, that that it's, that's what uh, that's what uh, pushes me, you know, to um, wake up in the morning and being happy to to what I do. Well, Federico, um, absolutely, hats off to you with what you've created so far in Australia, and look forward to seeing what you produce in the future as well. We've loved having you on Deep in the Weeds today to hear your story. Uh, please keep in touch and we'll catch up again soon. Thank you, Anthony. Thanks a lot. This is the Deep in the Weeds podcast. I'm Anthony Huckstep. Stay tuned as we take a deep dive into the lives of the incredible people who ply their trade in the food and hospitality sector. Special thanks to executive producer Rob Locke for making this all happen. Follow us on Instagram at Deep in the Weeds podcast or email us at podcast at deepintheweeds.com.au. Stay safe and be well.